Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Good morning, I'm Remo, if we haven't met before, shall we pray before we begin? Let's pray. God, we thank you that you speak to us, that you're a God who is living and that your word is true. We just ask, God, would you increase our expectations now of what you can do? And we pray that our faith would be in you, Jesus, this morning. Come and speak to us, we pray. Amen. Amen. So last week, we started this new sermon series titled Faith National Portrait Gallery. And like Anthony, who spoke last week, I've not actually been to the National Portrait Gallery. And he said it's shut, so I won't be going there anytime soon. And, well, neither will you. (laughs) Um, But even though it's closed, There is something that's even better that has been going on in our midst. And that is the Breakfast Club Portrait Gallery. Not yet technically a gallery, but there have been over 60 portraits that have been made. Now, some of you will know that the Breakfast Club meets here on Tuesday mornings, and it's a space where people from our community are welcome to come and be with others and eat breakfast together. And it's been amazing to hear about what God has been doing in that space. Last September, two people who were part of the Breakfast Club team had dreams. God gave them dreams that he was going to use portraits in this space to advance his kingdom and to show people that they are valuable to him. So Chris, who's part of the team, he started to paint portraits of people who were coming along to the Breakfast Club and others in our community. And they've been such a blessing to those who've received them, to those who've seen the portraits. And for Chris, he's been painting them. And they really are amazing. Some of the pictures of them are coming up on the screen now. I love the way that people have been captured and the colours and the emotion that has been used. And God has used these portraits in a really powerful way, in a healing way, to show people that they are God's masterpiece. And what I also love about this story is that it's a story of faith. It's a story of faith in God. The Breakfast Club team, they had faith that God was going to work through these portraits, that God was going to use them. The team, they had faith that was obedient. They responded to the promptings of God, the nudges from God, the promptings of the Spirit, the dreams that he'd given to people. And they had faith that was daring. They decided to do something different 
something that wasn't expected. Not sure how people would respond to the portraits, if they'd even like them, actually. They had faith that was both obedient and daring. They had faith in God, that confidence, that assurance, that trust that we heard about last week. This morning, we are looking at the life of Noah and how his example can encourage us to have faith in God. And in this chapter, Hebrews 11, each of the men and women here are listed for a reason. There's a specific aspect of their faith that the writer is drawing out, is pilling out to encourage those he's writing to, to hold on to faith in the Lord Jesus. And in Noah's life, we see a faith that is both obedient and daring. In Genesis chapters 6 to 9, we read about the account of Noah's life. And this verse in Hebrews, it's a very short summary of what happened. So the writer assumes that those he's writing to, that they know the details, they know the backstory of what happened with Noah. And just to summarise, post-Adam and Eve, the world continued on a downward trajectory. There was evil and corruption in the hearts of all humanity. And God, in his perfect justice, brought judgment on the world and brought a flood to wipe away what he had made. And there was one exception to this, and that's Noah, who is described as blameless and righteous in his generation. And God looked on Noah with favour. And God being merciful, he saved Noah and his family and two of every living creature. And he kept them alive. And God established his covenant with Noah. Noah was someone he knew God. He walked with God. He knew his ways. God spoke and he heard his voice. God told Noah what he was going to do in bringing destruction. And he gave Noah very specific instructions of how to build this ark. And he should bring on the ark animals, what types of grain, very specific instructions. And Noah responded with a yes. Not a no, uh, <laughs> like his name. <laughs> um, he said yes. Noah said yes to God. Genesis chapter 6, verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded him. Genesis chapter 7, verse 5, and Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah followed God's word. He put into practice what he had heard. He took God at his word, listened, believed, and did what God told us to do, what God told him to do. And now this is the challenge in itself for us. We have this book, the Bible, and in it, we know more of God. We know more of his ways. And in it, he's given us commands of how it's good for us to live as Christians. Are we obedient 
to God. And Noah was obedient before he said what God said would take place. We have this phrase in our culture that says, seeing is believing. Noah believed before he even saw what was going to happen. Before he saw any physical sign of waters rising, before he saw any indication of a, that a flood was on the way, Noah, he started to build this ark. The first half of that Hebrews verse says, by faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. The events were not yet seen, but Noah was still obedient. He built this ark, and it was huge. The measurements in Genesis work out to be about 500 feet in length, so it was huge. And it would have been built over a long period of time. Something of that size wouldn't have been finished next week. So Noah was obedient to God over many years. He was obedient for a long time, waiting to see exactly what God said would take place. Noah had an obedient faith. So why was Noah obedient to God over such a long period of time and over what was such a mammoth task? Why was he obedient in building this ark? Let's read the next part of Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. This is the key bit, that Noah was in holy fear of God. He knew God. He knew what God was like. His character his ways, and so he had a right reverence of God. He knew that God is who he says he is. He knew that God will do what he says he will do, that God is faithful to who he is, and God is faithful in keeping his word. Noah had an obedient faith because he believed that God is faithful. Towards the end of Genesis chapter 6, we read God saying to Noah, everything on earth will perish, but I will establish my covenant with you. Noah trusted that God's word would come to pass, that God would stick to his promises, that even though the flood was on the way, so was the flourishing, because God is faithful. And this is the same God that we serve today. He is still faithful. This morning, he is faithful. For some of us here this morning, there'll be situations in our lives where we've been obedient to God over a long period of time, and we haven't yet seen the things promised. Maybe it's obedient, it's being obedient to God and bringing something to him in prayer healing for an illness, restoration of a relationship, provision in some way. But the encouragement for us today is to hold on to faith, 
Keep on being obedient because God is faithful. And for some of these things, we might not see them until the second coming of Christ when creation is fully renewed and fully restored. But we know this truth that God is faithful. Noah had an obedient faith. He also had a daring faith. A daring faith. He wasn't afraid to go against the flow of what everyone else was doing, to go against the current of what everyone else was doing. The second half of Hebrews 11 verse 7 says, by his faith he condemned the world. Noah spoke, acted and lived in a way that was in complete contrast to the rest of the world. By his faith, it was clear that the rest of humanity were not living in God's ways, that they had rejected God. But Noah, who was living in a different way, he put his faith in God. He was building this ark because God had told him to. And there was no body of water close by. So you can imagine what people were thinking and saying. Right, Noah's completely crazy. Like, what on earth is Noah doing? Noah has lost his mind. The mocking, the humiliation. And well, what Noah was doing, it was crazy because the flood hadn't yet come and there had never been anything on earth like it before. What Noah was doing in building this ark it was a risk. This is what John Wimber, who was the leader of the vineyard movement, said. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. Faith is spelled risk. And this means the things might look messy sometimes. Those portraits that I mentioned at the start most people love them, but a couple of people actually didn't like them. But it was still worth taking the risk. So I'm going to ask you the same question that I've been asking myself this week. When was the last time you did something that was a risk for God? When was the last time that you did something that made you feel a bit nervous, out of your comfort zone, for the advancement of God's kingdom and for his glory? And it can feel scary. I can think of a time last week where I was afraid to ask someone if they wanted to pray because I was afraid they didn't want to pray with me and I'd look silly. And we might look silly but in the grand scheme of things, who cares if we look silly? To Noah, pleasing God was more important than the ridicule of others. God was better than anything else, anyone else that he knew. God was better, so he was willing to take the risk. He built this ark, and it was a risk. 
So what are the risks that we're taking in our lives? How can we step out in faith to live for God? In what ways can we pray big prayers, show radical hospitality, extravagant generosity, increase our expectations of what God can do because our faith is in Jesus Christ? In what places is the Holy Spirit saying, I dare you. I dare you to just do that and watch how he moves. Watch how God comes through. This morning, there's a small team that have gone in to Brixton Prison to share Jesus with the prisoners and the staff there. And maybe there's just a couple of people here that God is nudging to get involved and he's saying, just take the risk. And we can have a daring faith like Noah because God is in control. We're not in control. We can't control all the circumstances, but our faith is in the one who is in control. It is God who holds all things together. Noah knew this. He knew that though things were not yet seen to him, that things were seen to God because God sees all things, past, present, and future. God is beyond time. Noah knew that what he was building looked foolish to the world, but God had not forgotten him. God had not forgotten the promises that he had made. And Noah knew that even though the world was full of darkness and evil, that God was going to bring good. Noah could live with a daring faith because he knew that God was in control and that God had a plan. A plan to save. Noah had faith in the God that saves. Noah and his family were physically saved from the the floodwaters, but we also read in Hebrews 11 that Noah became heir of the righteousness that is keeping in keeping with faith. What does this mean? Noah became an heir of righteousness through faith in God. Noah's faith was in God, so he was spiritually united with the one who was and is righteous. And through faith in God, Noah became right with God. He became an heir of righteousness. The writer of Hebrews is telling the Christians that it's always been this way, that salvation has always been by grace through faith. It's always been about having faith in the God that saves. It's never been about the works, never been about earning our way to God. It's always been about having faith in the God that saves. And we know his saving work in the person of Jesus Christ. All these men and women that we read about in Hebrews 11 that we're gonna be looking at over the next couple of weeks, they fall short in some way. Later, we read in Noah's life that he ends up drunk, naked, and ashamed. 
There's only one person who does not fall short, and that is Jesus Christ. Noah's life is pointing towards Jesus, the one who would bring complete salvation for all humanity. And where we deserve to be condemned with the rest of the world, like it says in that verse seven, Jesus has saved us. And this complete salvation would not come in a wooden ark, but on a wooden cross with the arms of the Saviour stretched out because he was both obedient and daring. Jesus brought salvation for all families, not just Noah's family, but for all generations of the age to come. Last week, um, sorry, not last week, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was at a wedding and I was speaking to a couple there, an elderly couple, and we had a really, really um, wonderful conversation. You know, those conversations where you, you don't know the people, but you just come away and you're like, that was a, that was a good conversation. Um, and we spoke about s- several things. They'd worked as missionaries abroad for several years. And they were quite interested in me and my life. And one of the questions they asked me was, are my family Christians? So I got to share a bit about my family with them. My grandparents came to London in the 1950s from India, and they were Sikhs, so completely different religion, completely different faith. And so um, they came to London and my dad and his brother were brought up in a Sikh family. And my dad, when he was at school, he had an RE teacher who was a Christian. And he gave out New Testaments in an assembly um, to all the kids there. And several things happened over a couple of years. But when my dad was 18, he was really searching for the truth. He was really searching just longing to know, what what is the truth? And he opened up to John's gospel and read the words of Jesus that say, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And he gave his life to Jesus. And things weren't that easy. There were difficult, strained relationships in the family. My grandmother in particular was a very strict Sikh. And then one day, she was very ill, um, completely bedbound, and no one knew what was wrong with her. The doctors couldn't work it out. They couldn't understand what was wrong with her. And they tried different things. Some people from the Sikh temple came, visited her. And then one day, a group of Christians that were her friends came to the house, and they prayed for her to be healed in the name of Jesus. And she was miraculously healed and she gave her life to God. And over the years, each person in the family has come to Christ. He changes lives. Faith in Jesus changes everything. It changes everything. The RE teacher, he gave my dad a New Testament He had an obedient and daring faith. 
Those Christians who came to pray for my grandmother to be healed, they had an obedient and daring faith. God will use us in unexpected and powerful ways when our faith is in him, when our faith is in Jesus Christ. He is the God who is faithful. He is the God who is in control. Do we believe that this morning? Do we believe that? So let faith rise in this place. Let faith levels rise in the one who's given it all for us. Would we give it all for him? An obedient and daring faith is what he is calling us into. So are we ready for the adventure?